Hey, uh, welcome to a flop house <laughs> mini. <laughs> the beauty of that was you just told us oh, right before yeah. we started oh, recording man. that it was going to be uh, perfect. One take Wellington, that's what they call me. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington, one of the hosts of the hit podcast, The Flop House Podcast. <laughs> You're listening to one of our mini episodes. Now, normally when we record, we've just recently watched a bad movie, and the show is us reviewing it, plus other stuff. Tonight, we're not doing that at <laughs> it's all. It's just we're the doing other, other stuff. stuff. It's a mini, it's other stuff. If this is your first episode, probably probably slam on the brakes, hit reverse, pick a different episode. Mm-hmm. Then you can come back to this one when you have a little bit of affection for us and you like our <laughs> brand of shenanigans. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm willing to just sort of sit here while they dick around for yeah, a while. I'll, I'll put up with these guys. Now, the thing is, you're not just putting up with these guys. Uh, these guys being me, Stuart Wellington, and my two co-hosts, Dan, that's right, Dirty Dan McCoy, that's and me. Elliot over there, the main man, Elliot Kalen. We're <laughs> wubba joined wubba? by a special... Is that, is that my catchphrase? <laughs> yeah, wubba wubba. <laughs> uh, we're joined by a special guest this time. Not only is this uh, this gentleman the uh, editor of our show and producer, I guess, editor, producer, he has been a longtime uh, figure on the show. He helped write the Song of the Summer, He's the House Cat, he edits and adds sound effects and does all kinds of great stuff to our Flop Tales bonus content, which you can access by becoming a Max Fun supporter. Uh, that's right. We are joined by musician, comedian, uh, best man at my wedding, Alex Smith. How are you doing, Alex? What's up, guys? It's nice to see Dirty Dan and Elliot <laughs> over there, Kalen. I, like <laughs> I believe he was Our also called the main man. But <laughs> well, that's Elliot. Uh, Elliot over there, Kalen's main bit is that he's never quite where he's supposed to be. He's always slightly <laughs> further away than you think he's going to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I yeah. love it. Man, Alan Moore would write the shit out of that character. <laughs> oh, but he'd be—he'd uh, be doing all sorts of disgusting things, and and you know, yeah. and it would turn uh, into a lot of. It's it would turn sensual. It would be, and then it would turn into <laughs> a, sometimes, and then it would turn into a lot of in jokes about. British cartoon characters from the 1940s and 50s where I'd be like, ah, I, I guess I understand this now. Well, wasn't this supposed to be about the great characters of literature fighting crime Stop or something? Stop getting me excited, Elliot. I guess you're a snake goddess now, too? Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, haven't yeah, read any Al- I haven't read any Alan Moore, but I did see a... Get the uh, fuck out of here. I saw, a, <laughs> I, I saw a panel just this last week or something of well, a woman probably jacking off a big frog. Um, yeah. that Your was all, beard that was all is I've very seen. reminiscent of Alan Moore's beard. Yeah. There's a oh boy, that's a point oh of. Boy. Connection. Yeah, when you went when you went to the barber to get your beard trimmed up, did you select the wizard picture on the wall? <laughs> yeah, I sat down in the chair. I scrolled through different mirrors like I was in Red Dead, and uh, and I picked the and I picked the Alan Moore. You said, "Get me the get me the Dumbledore, the Jared Harris, not the Michael Gambon." Oh, sorry, I I meant. Richard Harris. Richard Harris. I'm sorry, Richard Harris, yeah. not his son, Jared Harris. Man, Richard Harris. That's the thing. That's a point of contention because he, uh, Jared Harris, lobbied pretty hard to get the role of young <laughs> Dumbledore in uh, Fantastic. <laughs> Yumbledore. Yum, yum, young Dumbledore. Uh-huh. Yumbledore. He was so called. It's a Dumbledore that fucks. I think we clearly established <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. What, young, what's dumb, and full of Cumbledore. Is that Jared <laughs> oh, Harris? Man. He wears that shirt to fucking spring break all the time. Like, <laughs> well, that's, and then he bumps cool into dude. then he bumps into his students' families who are also on vacation. It's very awkward. <laughs> but the yeah. real awkward thing was that Jared Harris actually lobbied hard to get old Dumbledore the role. So it was him against his father for the role of D- mm-hmm. old Dumbledore or Obeldor, as he's also called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Obledoral stain. <laughs> old, so, cold, okay. old cold and full of moldledore. <laughs> <laughs> not, as, not as popular of a t-shirt, but he still wore still it. Sells, still sells, just not it in the same. I mean, the other t-shirt is such a hot seller, and this one is still, it's a solid mid-list seller. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's that's more of a joke gift. That people mm-hmm. wear initially, ironically, and then you're like, "No, I kind of it's comfortable. It wears into my like well, my yeah, body." You feels see good a lot of it. pictures of elderly people wearing it over the shirt they were already wearing while blowing out candles on a cake. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a it's a it's a really popular one to bring home to an uncle. Is what it, it's what it sounds like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll like this. Yeah, that's what it says in the catalog. There's just a starburst, and inside it says, "Bring it home to your uncle." <laughs> Why does your you uncle don't know what he likes. <laughs> you don't know what he likes. He's your uncle. Well, how often do you see him? Maybe he wants a shirt that says old, cold, and full of mold. <laughs> Great. He's your dad's brother. What are you supposed to do with that? You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know him at all. He's got a fake smile on every time you've seen him in your life. Oh, tell me about it. Mm-hmm. There's a, well, there's the thing is, is that he's smiling, but his eyes, those eyes aren't smiling. Mm. There's no. sadness Well, in those there. eyes yeah. have seen a lot of love, but they'll never see another like yours. So that's really why he's not smiling. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Alex, thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> really of course, it. of so course, what, what a pleasure. So, Stu, is there any other? Is there any thread uh, th- running through this episode other than Alex being with <laughs> yeah. us, which is enough? A phantom thread. So that's the thing. Uh... <laughs> oh, or a Phantom Menace. What if the Phantom <laughs> Thread was a sequel to the Phantom Menace? <laughs> I think it would go it would exp- like this. <laughs> yeah, explain a lot. Jar Jar keeps feeding Anakin mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, Misa want to control you. <laughs> How does a relationship work on those le- on that level? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, no. Writes itself there. I yeah. The uh, yeah. I well, guys, am I the only one whose favorite scene in Fanta Thread was when he was ordering breakfast? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and she's like, "You're a hungry a boy." <laughs> yeah. And I guess yeah, I, I was awesome. in, I was in such suspense because I was like, "How is he going to eat all that?" But you never actually <laughs> yeah. see him eating it. Yeah. It was like a Groundhog Day breakfast that he was ordering. Yeah, it's the kind of breakfast that, uh, so, uh, like, a character in a movie sits down to uh, uh, and then is like, oh, I got to run. And you're like, what? There's, like, a full breakfast here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pulls, me out of, pulls me out of every movie I've ever seen when somebody steps <laughs> up from a full plate of food. Yeah. He might like, as well. The Irishman? Why aren't you sitting down to eat all that food, Irishman? <laughs> da- Daniel Day-Lewis might as well have said, give me the Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And they just put down a whole table of breakfast that he would take one bite of and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's ordering from. He's like, please, Vicky creeps, bring me the Mr. T cereal, <laughs> so I can pour it all over my scones. <laughs> so um, today we're doing something, uh, something that we've done in the past. Uh, one of the first minis that we recorded was a thing called "Miss That Movie." Mm. Uh, it's become a classic. Um, Flaphouse Mini, people love it. Mm-hmm. I still get emails every day about Rusty the Dog. Uh, what Rusty a Dog's Tale? I don't even remember the name of the movie. That's how excited I am so every memorable. time I get one of those emails. Lost I don't even time. read it. The so what <laughs> happens? Uh, I actually originally watched that movie with my buddy Alex. Yeah, we watched it together. So Alex, you're the inspiration for Miss That Movie, and you kept, and we were talking. I'm like, I gotta get Alex on. He always watches movies that we missed, mm-hmm. and so today we finally realized that fantasy. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to to be on here, and I uh, I sent a text to Stewart about this movie. I'm hoping that got relayed to you guys, and that you haven't seen this movie. 
Well, but this I don't was know. a real. Also, also warning, guys. I was the text was not real. I was, I was. I was. I've been microdosing uh, THC gummies today, so I'm kind of in a. <laughs> uh, let's just say I'm in a How weird micro? place. <laughs> 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 wow! How many, right. how many of those THC micro? Yeah, how many of those THC gummies could dance on the head of a pin? That, I don't know. I mean, that, that's the thing. They're mic- I'm microdosing, so if I like take a handful, it's fine, right? Remember when yeah. that when uh, <laughs> when we were kids, everything was so much looser, and they had those and they had those ads for microdose machines with the guy talking real fast, telling you about how how great it would be to just take tiny doses of drugs. Yeah. Uh huh, mm-hmm. and it feels like he's just talking forever. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're microdosing. Closer, so. Tiny <laughs> so your your experience of time is totally out of whack. So you think he's talking really fast, but it's about taking him a long time. Very. And the strange. whole time I'm like, is the food he's eating extra clean because his mustache brushes off all the dust? <laughs> Wait, that. <laughs> I literally have never thought of that, but I love it. <laughs> is that, yeah, is that, is that a secret power of mustaches? That I haven't been thinking about this whole if time. You ever, if you ever look really close at someone who's eating, you can notice their mustaches swishing back and forth like in a car wash, just knocking all the dust wash, off yeah. their food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh, I, I got to stop trimming my mustache. And the whole, t- yeah. and the whole time, like, I'm I wish I... am half of the efficacy. The whole time, like, I wish I was inside that food right now. <laughs> Watch, watching the thing brush me clean. Yeah, we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your advice earlier that you should build up some affection for us before listening to this episode has never been truer. <laughs> uh, so, Alex, what's this movie that you texted Stuart about and he didn't tell us? <laughs> it's called Invitation to Hell. Oh, I've never seen it. I, I have uh, not, but I, I all guess. All right. It got, I guess it got is lost it, in the yeah, mail. Is it, is it? Yeah, is it in the Criterion Collection or? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What? What? What uh, what Czech New Wave director made this one? Because if because I may not have been exposed to it otherwise, was it Jan, was it Jan Nemec? Well, it's you know what it's funny you should ask who it's directed by because it's a made for TV movie, which you might think mm. is directed by somebody you've never heard of. Yeah, but this one was directed by Wes Craven. This is a what? Wes Craven directed. Uh, let's see, I gotta pull the. Was opposite. it like early in his career, late in his career? It's from 1984. So, oh, so right in the middle of his career. So yeah. right. Uh, so yeah, I, I, that was his like. Yeah, that was his like off year. That was but he he directed he, like, under his, his under his pseudonym I, East Craven. Did Elm Street come out on in '84? Like that's. It sounds like that. It sounds like that's around the time, right? But or wait, no. It's is Elm Street like. 80? I, I'm spacing on whether it was earlier than 84. Well, only one way to find out. It came out in 84. I, oh, 84. Yeah, okay. But I he had already it. made like the house the house at the, end, at the end of the street or whatever it's called. Last house on the left. Uh, last house on the on end the of the street. <laughs> last house on the left. Yeah. We all agree it's a house <laughs> somewhere. It's a, and it's, the, and it's <laughs> the last house. There's no other houses <laughs> past that one. about where the house was. but Oh, yeah, and he made the hills have eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, this yeah. isn't. He's thing. not. I'm gonna say he's not slumming it in this. Like okay. this is not uh, like he won. This won a primetime Emmy for art direction. Whoa! Uh, mm. It's uh, written by what the guy who wrote like Universal Soldier. So maybe that's not so, a great example. But somebody who has some big ideas. Yeah, John. Big Uptide. ideas. Oh, look at this: Robert Urich, Susan Lucci, yeah. Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, it's got a, and it's got uh, the guy from Murphy Brown who plays uh, what Frank. Um, it's a uh, Soleil Moon Fries in it. What's his name? Oh, Regal no. Regal Buto. Regal Buto. Handbag situation over here. Sure, yeah, yeah. I love I love me some IMDb. Yeah. 
Oh, it's a. I mean, you'll find a ton of great stuff in the in the IMDb. This was so. Yeah, we, we learned uh, a lot recently about the gunning Betty Lou's handbag. That was particularly. <laughs> yeah, if it, if at any point my description of this movie gets super boring, feel free to jump back into the universe of Betty Lou's. I just handbag. Want, I, I just I may have to correct you on something, Alex. Did you say it won art direction in the Emmys? According to IMDb, it was only nominated. Oh, nominated. Oh, Sorry. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to look Stolen up who it lost to. Okay. <laughs> now, see, I, I, I think it's a prize just to be nominated Ooh, it, personally. It lost to a production of A Streetcar Named Desire. Ooh, mm, okay. sorry. I mean, that seems like that seems like a lazy choice in the uh, yes. television academy. It does part, seem like though. a very lazy choice, yeah. I never, but this was, was. But Anne Margaret as Blanche Dubois, Treat Williams as Stanley Kowalski, Beverly D'Angelo as Stella, Randy Quaid as Mitch. Mm-hmm. You know what, guys? We should be talking about this one. Okay. Oh, Bill, Bill <laughs> Irwin open, is open in it, on but New not that Bill Irwin. Uh, <laughs> oh, a different Bill Irwin Dil, was different in Different Bill Irwin, not with an I, but with an E. The guy who's in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and Home Alone. Now, he's yeah, also he's, a contortionist, right? He's now, the get, old guy in the airport in both of the in, in every John Hughes <laughs> yeah. movie, apparently. Now, in case you were wondering, this is Outstanding Art Direction for a limited series or a special. Outstanding Art Direction for a series went to The Duck Factory, the early Jim Carrey vehicle. Oh, I don't... I don't know anything about that. We're struck dumb. All right. Well, never mind. Forget it. Uh, Continue. So, Invitation to Hell. Yeah. Invitation to Hell is... uh, Here's the thing. So, uh, here's how I found this movie. Is uh, is through the pandemic, one of the things that I did to keep myself entertained and try to, uh, like, do entertaining stuff, not being able to do shows and um, uh, regular... um, just my regular stuff that I do, um, both on Mm -hmm. stage and online. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, we started watching movies on Twitch on my, on my stream, the big Howl and possum stream in my other moniker. That is big Howl. Okay. Nice, nice plug. I like it. There, there we go. Big Howl and possum, uh, uh, stream. So, we started watching movies on that. That's when Stuart came on and watched uh, Rusty with us. Uh-huh. Didn't we also watch that Dolly Parton, Kenny, Kenny Rogers uh, holiday special? We watched, yeah, we watched a Christmas special with, uh, with Kenny and, and Dolly. It was uh, taped off of like New Zealand TV, so it was all like, all the ads were for like summertime <laughs> shit. Yeah, the, mo- the, the movie was pretty, the movie was pretty weak, but the ads were all for like sunscreen on Australian beaches. So there was like a nice little treat every, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. But uh, so w- one of the things that we started doing on Twitch was just w- was just watching a movie. A lot of times, just something on YouTube, and a lot of times we would pick made-for-TV stuff because we wouldn't have to freak out and worry about the terms of service if something naked happened on it. If we picked a uh, 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 made-for-TV movie, and this, which we watched my, with my friend Mandy, who's a great uh, great comedian here in Louisville, um, Kentucky, where I live, this this one turned out to be like a real treat from the pandemic for me where it was very memorable. And I, I was like, I definitely want to go back and watch that again. And I definitely want to tell other people that they should go check it out because it is great. It's very, uh, it's very of its time, but it's got a lot of great art direction. Like the, mm-hmm. as the Emmy, Emmy awards, nominated, uh, not quite uh, as good as streetcar named desire, but up there, which feature there was a different treat. Treat Williams. <laughs> yeah. It's got, uh, I, I would argue it's got great, it's got great pacing. It's got great performances and the value, like the value of it. Maybe not the, it's not like, it's clearly not a big Hollywood movie, but the overall value of it is better than what you expect from a made for TV film. In my opinion, it's really good. Now, now just to remind listeners at home, 
Miss that movie. What happens is uh, Alex is going to walk us through the movie a little bit, yeah. And then we have to determine if we are sad we missed it, right? Glad we missed it, or had to not miss it, and we go and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure about the tense of that last one. We were like, we're gonna I'm pretty sure it's correct. Let, me, let me check my rhyming dictionary. It checks out. Okay, well. <laughs> Asked and answered, I guess. I think you guys are going to rate this as sad you missed it once you hear the first 20 seconds of this movie, what happens in the first 20 seconds. So what happens is we are in somewhere in California. We find out it's basically Silicon Valley. And uh, there is a uh, limo driver driving a limo into a... Makes sense so far. uh, Checks out. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he driver stolen r- someone else's car. Just riding an alligator would be ridiculous. So driving right. a limo makes more sense. Driving driving a limo onto the parking lot of a, a country club that is called the Steaming Springs Country Club. Outsteps, <laughs> uh, outsteps Susan Lucci in an outfit that looks like she's about to board the Moonraker. She's wearing like <laughs> a red like jumpsuit or you know like onesie type long suit. Um, and metal real, real quick, real quick, Dan, you probably already picked out an outfit that you would wear if you were going to board the Moonraker. <laughs> what is well, Dan it? Was, Dan was sitting. the Moonraker? Is it your housing at home, t-shirt? I know for days Dan was sitting at home expecting Jeff Bezos' car to come get him to go on the spaceship. <laughs> and I know it was a big disappointment for you, Dan, when you found out the launch had happened and they had not sent a car to pick you up. So what outfit did you pick for space? Uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's like I basically stapled two really big potato chip uh, bags uh, together over okay. myself, like one on top of me, one below me. Oh, so not like a sandwich board, me. like a like no. a diaper, like a onesie. We in in uh, where like I come from, move. we call that an utsido. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just you know I'm afraid of the like you know like space rays, different kinds of. And you, you figure know, what's more protected than potato chips? I better use the space age technology <laughs> that keeps them pure. <laughs> Keeps them crunchy will keep me yeah. safe. Now, what okay. about your? Now, this covered your arms and legs too, or I'm imagining like a onesie with your arms and legs sticking out of it. I, I'm in sort of a pod at that point. Mm-hmm. So these are very big you potato know. chip bags. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like human-sized potato chip bags. Yeah, Sam's. Club yeah, no, I went yeah. to Costco for these. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> human-sized potato chip bags. Like bags that hold human-sized potato chips. Yeah, it, it holds yeah. it holds seven human-sized potato chips. Because when they're that big, you don't need that many of them. Just crack off a piece That's and true. have it. Yeah. That's true. USDA recommends one fourth of a potato chip. I don't know if the USDA recommends USDA recommends any lot. potato chips really as part of your daily diet. They'll allow it, but I don't think I've been listening to. <laughs> like Dan, there are four food groups: potato chips, ice cream, Cheetos, and spicy Cheetos. Yeah, I'm sorry to report that it stands for U.S. Dumbass. Oh, oh shit. Oh, 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 oh shit. So, so Susan Lucci was in a limousine going to space. No, Okay, so the two women in bikinis step out into the parking lot, and they distract the limo driver. He's like, Uh-oh. he's sort of gawking at them, and he almost runs over Susan Lucci. But she <laughs> drops to the ground... Very quickly, like just sort of as if she's like spring loaded, right? She just sort of drops back to the ground. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the limo drives over her, and then he freaks out because he knows he almost that she's the director of the country club, and he's, he, he yeah. must have killed her. And <laughs> he slams on the brakes, 
turns around, she pops up behind the car, does a finger gun at him with two fingers, I believe, and uh, the the ba- the rear windshield of the limo shatters and he melts in his seat. And then what? she comes around and laughs at his like charred, burned up corpse in Wait, the wh- front seat of the of the car. <laughs> I so she just lost you did not of... undersell this, Alex. Yeah. How? I think you're gonna Why find that this... out, Dan. I think I'm gonna tell you what I okay. tell what I tell my son Sammy all the time, which is if the movie doesn't want you to know something yet, they won't tell you, and they'll <laughs> tell you when they want you to know it. He's he's big on the like, who's that? What's that? Where's that? What's that yeah. going on? Where's that? Yeah. We we are slowly in pieces watching yeah. uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones, which is the worst Star Wars movie probably to watch slowly in pieces because it feels Ooh, like it'll yeah. never end. And he's kind of like, what's that character? What's that? You'll find out. It's, it's supposed to be a it's mystery. Like a, it's a mystery. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Who's Sifo Dies? Like, yeah. don't worry. Well, said, it'll the, all be explained. Well, the, it's hard actually to tell in the Star Wars movie because it's either you'll find out, just hold on, or you'll never see that character again. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just buy the toy. Like, they, they never, they'll get no yeah. more screen time. Mm-hmm. Now, Stuart, you said I didn't undersell the movie. So mm-hmm. let, me, let me ask. Should I, have, should I have said, no, the two, first two, two, 20 seconds or whatever is boring? Or what, sh- <laughs> what should I have said <laughs> instead to, uh, to prepare you all for Susan Lucci finger-gunning a guy to death? <laughs> No, what uh, I was saying is that you you didn't undersell. That means you sold it, right? Yeah, you sold it accurately. Is that what it means? Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I meant. I'm, okay, wait. I'm here, I think I heard that wrong. So, uh, yeah. yeah, okay. I didn't I did undersell it. I, I did a double negative. Now, Alex, okay. what, is it, what is it in your in your makeup that makes you see compliments as a tax? This is this yeah. something I think we need to get into. Uh, well, I just always feel like I could strive to do better, Elliot, honestly. Mm. I just really oh, wow. always okay. feel like mm. I could... Like I could be working harder. That's mm. that actually sounds pretty good in a producer guy. So you think yeah. we should keep? Him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, and see. I don't know. I don't know. I could I could literally describe every scene of this movie now. I've now watched it three times, and I could. Uh, mm. I, well, I could this tell is a flop house mini, which means we only have an hour and a half to tell people <laughs> things. We only have <laughs> the rest of time. We only have three three to four times as much as an average episode of Ninety Nine Percent Invisible with one one hundredth the information. <laughs> So after that happens, the limo driver melts, and Susan Lucci comes over and laughs at him. And then, um, uh, so then we cut to uh, a family driving across the country. And this is Robert Urich, uh, what's her name, jo- Joanna Cassidy. TV from- Spencer. You could hire him if you like, Robert Urich. And also oh, TV's yeah. Lazarus Man, right? Yeah. I think so. I think yeah. so. Was he in Ice Pirates? Only one know. way to find out. <laughs> Siri, <Damn. laughs> was Robert Urich in Ice Pirates? I'll look into that. Pull up now. Betty Lou's handbag and find Robert's. out if he Let's was find in out. Let's open up Betty Lou's handbag. Your... Yes, he played the role of Jason. Thank you, Siri. Yep. So, um, and then so it's it's Robert Urich plays Matt Winslow. Oh, his wife is Pat Winslow, played by uh, Joanna Cassidy from. Uh, she's uh, Dolores in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And she's in mm-hmm. um, she's in Blade Runner, and their and their superhero son Bat Winslow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> super <laughs> criminals are a superstitious cowardly lot. I shall become a Bat Winslow. <laughs> I'll dress as a Winslow. The family from Family Matters, a different family called Winslow. <laughs> there's a there's a uh, older boy, maybe eight or nine, and then there's a uh, younger girl, maybe five or six, something like that. You meet sure. this family, you find out they're nice, you find out they're mm-hmm. nice people, and you find out that he's some kind of genius who's being brought to 
work on a top secret uh, tech operation for some uh-huh. company. Uh, you find out that, sorry, I just spilled tea on my keyboard, so oh, it's distracting boy. me right now. <laughs> oh, no, is it going to be okay? It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I, it, it's funny. I spilled it on a spot where I had already spilled tea before. And okay. I haven't I haven't had those keys for like a couple months. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, so the uh, so you know plus side of, of a producer is that they care about the work they do. Uh, drawback is that he he doesn't have keys that work on his keyboard. <laughs> that's that, that's the trade off. That's the trade off. When you look for a great producer, you say, "Do do his keys work?" They do. Then I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. You're like, do you have? How is your tab? Do you yeah. have a good? <laughs> That's what they say in, in producer schools. They say, uh, put on all your keys and then take one key off. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I've been telling my uh, my Twitch chat is that I will replace the keyboard when I have a third key go out, and I think we might have done it here tonight. Oh, so, okay. oh wow. Yay. It's, th- it's a three Glad strikes rule with the with Yay. the keyboard for me. We get to their house in the neighborhood that they're going to be living in, which is apparently mm-hmm. a pretty tight-knit but wealthy, affluent neighborhood in Silicon Valley where everybody works on computers and stuff. And um, and they are sitting down for their first night together. In a, oh, we find out that the kid, the, the boy, we find mm-hmm. out that he's very smart and into computers because Man, while the movers what? are moving the, all their stuff into the house, he's sitting at a computer and uh, one of the movers is like, what, are you playing a game? And he goes, no, I'm checking the inventory. And the guy goes, what? Why are you checking? Because apparently this kid has an inventory of everything that was in the house. And the guy <laughs> oh, sort of makes okay. fun of him. And then he says, well, I know, a, I know that a uh, candy bar is already missing. And the mover goes, oh. And then he like sneaks a candy bar out of his pocket and puts it like up on the kid's bed. Like the kid caught him. Uh, mm. And he says something about kids these days or something. But you learn that the kid is very good at computers and brilliant. And or extremely, whatever. extremely anal. If he's yeah, down to yeah. the candy bar. chipped this candy bar. <laughs> I'm not really sure how this this machine, this program works. Uh, sir, 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 this piggy bank had 97 pennies in it and now shakes it. It sounds like it only has 96. Here you go. Takes a penny out of his pocket. <laughs> this, it, this Ziploc bag had 14 uh, camel cash Camel bucks in it. Now there's only thirteen. <laughs> He's like, the kid is also a heavy smoker. He smokes camel wides. Uh, <laughs> it was so, 1984. It was a different time. Saving up. Yeah. Uh, so so the, then the family is uh, sort of gathered around the fire, and I think they're like singing a song or so, they're doing something very wholesome and very quaint, mm-hmm. and uh, and everyone's having a great time. And then you we get the first jump scare of the movie, and it's because there's some rustling outside. And then some people wearing masks like suddenly pop up in like a sliding glass door. And you go, ah, and you freak out. And it turns out it's uh, one of Matt Winslow's old frat buddies and his family <laughs> frat who are already higher ups <laughs> at, the, uh, at the company. This is the guy from Murphy Brown, the guy who plays Frank Fontaine on Murphy Brown. Joe uh-huh. R- Regalbato, I think is his name. And um, uh, Regal Buto, which is Latin for for royal butane lighter. Regal Buto. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful ass. <laughs> Latin for I mean, I don't speak ass. Latin, so it's possible. Yeah. So yeah. the kids run off and play together. We find out that the other kids are a little creepy. They're a little weird. We don't know why. Uh, we find out that there's a country club in town that has a uh, Halloween party coming up that everyone loves. That's everyone's favorite thing. It's a Halloween party, um, which is weird for a country club, I think. But 
it makes sense for the, the scary movie for it to be a Halloween party. Um, <laughs> I mean, country Dan, clubs you, could celebrate Halloween. Lo- Dan, I guess you so. Spend yeah. a lot of time at country clubs. Do I they do Halloween parties? Ever been to a country club in my life? I don't want this getting out there in the world. I well, Dan, what about this. you? I remember you used to be like, "Oh, this Daily Show job is really getting me down." I got it this week. I'm heading to Mar-a-Lago, and I'm not coming back till the day <laughs> before we return. I don't. Uh, yeah, you'd come I, back I'm, and you'd be I've like, yeah, me and Don were talking. He's got some vocally. good ideas. And I'd be like, what Don do you mean? <laughs> Donald Trump or Donald Trump Jr.? And you'd say both. i just call them both Don. And they both got great ideas. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know, Dan. And he'd go, eh, you'll understand someday. Or maybe you won't. Peasant. And then he would laugh and laugh and get in his limo. <laughs> yeah, I'd cackle and I'd d- drive off in my, my jet-powered Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. You'd say, just ha- oh, I just had a great mask-free week down at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> yeah, and at the time it meant nothing. There were, you know, but now that's it, ominous, yeah. you know. At, at that point it was because he had previously told us that everyone wore masks for the Halloween Yeah, no, parties. I would laugh yeah. hard Mar-a-Lago. and I'd be like, you'll get it someday, and then I... <laughs> and then you'd, and then you'll say, then you'd say, Fidelio, and you'd walk away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, so it's Halloween we, at the Country Club. Yeah, there, there's a Halloween party coming up at the Steaming Springs Country Club that everyone in the neighborhood belongs to, and that Tom, the I, friend, I'm having the so fr- much trouble. Fr- so Steaming Springs is the name of the club or the, or the town? I forgot. Steaming Springs is the name of the country club. Okay, because it sounds like a country club from a from a, like a Cinemax softcore movie where everyone's yes. like, yeah. they're like, yeah. oh, it's a, it's time for our story night at Steaming Springs. Tell us a tale, mm. you know. And then, <laughs> well, they were they were trying to come up with uh, something hot sounding. I'll just yes. say uh, a little clue there. It has to be hot sounding. Say that Steaming Springs is the only way to straighten them. Springs are notoriously curled. <laughs> Dan, mm-hmm. you don't you want to straighten them. them. No, that you then you just yeah. get a you just get a, a rod. That's all that with a very thin rod. <laughs> Pretty worthless. Pretty yeah. worthless, I gotta yeah. say. Uh, yeah. Now I'd say Dan getting a new mattress and opening it up and being like, these springs, <laughs> they're so cooly. <laughs> I, once again, I have to correct the, the factory's steamer. mistake. <laughs> and that you call Stanley Steamer, and Stanley Steamer's like, eh, it's a living. I guess I'll do uh-huh. it. Okay, so there's a mo- there's there's a moment at the end of the night that night. There there's great. I will say the exposition in this movie is done really great. Everything sort of doled out really quickly and really mm-hmm. cool. really well. Uh, the um, we find out we get to know every where everybody is in really efficient ways. And at the end of the night, those, there's a great love scene between a great love scene. Now I sound like a pervert, but the, there's <laughs> no, no, a you meant you meant you meant in terms of like it, like Romeo and Juliet, like the great love stories of no, history. No, no, no. Well, know. on the skinometer, uh, Alex. <laughs> it's pronounced yeah. skinometer. Yeah. <laughs> there's a five star uh, buck naked fuck fest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no. Set there. to peaches, fuck the pain away. <laughs> there. Now, I, I, do, I believe there probably is a movie called Five Star Butt Naked. <laughs> <laughs> and, those, and those stars are Robert Urich, Susan Lucci, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. stars of Invitation to Hell. Uh, directed by Chest Craven. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Craven is spelled C-R-A-V-I-N apostrophe. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So there, it's a, okay, so here's what I'll say. You don't see that as the last name that often, an apostrophe at the end, but you know what, it works. <laughs> you know, a, a bust mayor on Sex Street by Sex Craven. <laughs> They're really not thinking very, these parody, so, the parody porn titles are really getting unimaginative. Sex Craven is a great, is a great <laughs> porno name. Cream 4, okay. 
I guess so. So yeah. I just mean it's a. It's they don't a, even it's... have to change the name of Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> so I, just, is, I, I meant to get the West Raven's. Hole under the hairs. <laughs> I, meant, uh, I, meant, I meant to get West Craven's new nightmare and I accidentally got Sex Craven's nude nightmare. And, you know, I watched it anyway. It's not as yeah. scary, but, you know. <laughs> Still scary. Still scary. scary. Still a little scary. It's a good premise. It's hard to do that premise wrong. I think it's actually called Nude Quite Bear. <laughs> nude Quite. At that point, it's very hard to tell what it's a parody of anymore. It's very, yeah. very Nude Quite Bear. Very, very quiet redundant. Uh, wait, what, wait, what it's, it's not that? even a. It's not even a porno. It's just the same movie with everyone naked throughout the whole thing. Now, the, and it would probably just be the hills have boobs. I'm guessing. Or the hills yeah. are boobs. Would be thighs. Thighs. I feel like rhymes with the eyes. I think there's. Well, anyway, let's it does. But move on. Like, let's. let's I, we could do. We, we could do this table for hours, when right? We, when we when we bring these when we bring when we bring these pre- presentation uh, pitches to the estate of Wes Craven, I think <laughs> See, we can be happy. Yeah. <laughs> We have some interest from the reality kings. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sir, we're, we're interested in all of your work. We'll get to a music of the heart porn parody eventually. We'll do, we'll do a vampire in Butland. We'll get there. But it's not, it's not, a, it's not an A well, release. It's not what you're known for, <laughs> Mr. Ghost of West Craven. <laughs> it's John Carpenter's Ghost of West Craven. That's the, that's the movie. <laughs> Ghost of Breast Craven. It's John, Wait, now it's, that, it's, now now there's a pun on the name of yeah, the director of the it's, guy. It's Schlong Carpet Hers Ghost of Sex Craven. <laughs> wow, it's really conceptual now, but sure, I yeah. guess. Yeah, but John Carpenter's like, whatever, man. I'll allow it. Can I do the score? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we would love that. <laughs> that's my that's my name now, probably. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so it's just a, a nice little candlelit lovemaking scene where afterwards she essentially says, I'm so excited. I'm no longer going to be poor and, you know, struggling and my husband's going to be, you know, working hard and we're not going to mm-hmm. be getting the thing. She's, she says that she's excited to be part, a part of a higher society or whatever, or whatever that, you know. Sure. So next day, uh, next day is his first day driving uh, to work or riding to work. He rides with Tom, his friend that we met earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, checks out. And uh, and Tom has a guy in the back seat who is shadowing him and bossing him around and being kind of shitty to him, who is apparently the representative from the Steaming Springs Country Club that is deciding whether or not Tom gets to join. Uh. So you know that this is like a tough thing to be able to join this country club, right? Uh. And then we go. We get to the uh, the company that that he's now working for, which is called Micro Digitech. And that's, what he's that's developing right there, that's right up there with the fake technology company from uh, from Shattered Glass, which I think is called Juked Mictronics or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where they're like, "Come yes. on, how did you not know this guy was making stuff up?" Uh, so Micro Digitech is making a suit because, as Tom says at some point. Uh, the the government wants to put someone on Venus in like three years, which seems a little ambitious in 1984. I gotta say, um, it was morning in America. We were ready for to do big things. Yeah. And communism was on the decline. Venus was what everyone was talking about. Yep. Yeah. So we needed a suit that you would be not only. So here's the goals of this suit that are laid out as we as we sort of find out as we see the scenes of them developing this suit. 
Uh, already, it is highly heat resistant because okay. it's hot on Venus, apparently. Sure. Very much now, you so. You want to have a suit that can, that can withstand hundreds and thousands of degrees, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has a laser beam that, come, that pops out of the wrist, like, uh, like, like what's it, uh, like a uh, taxi driver? Sure. He's got, oh, he's got oh, a, like, that like his little spring-loaded gun. Spring-loaded yeah. spring yeah, laser yeah. that comes out of the wrist. Man, imagine if he had access to a little laser gun. Well, that would have been crazy. He would have destroyed <laughs> that guy's <laughs> whole hand, not just, not just shot off the fingers. That guy, oh, boy. it's Harvey Keitel. <laughs> what, the, it's a, I was just going to say, uh, th- that, that's necessary, though, in case you do need to save a prostitute Jodie Foster from Harvey Keitel on Venus. Let's say you get to Venus, you really make a connection with this young lady, and you got to save her from the people who are... You who are exploiting her, you need that laser. So I get it. Yeah. I understand. Men are yeah, from yeah. Mars. Jodie Foster is from Venus. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Exactly. Now the it also has a flamethrower. Need okay. it. You need it on Venus because it's not hot enough there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. That that doesn't seem tell, super. Tell you what you need out. on Venus. You need a water thrower. Mm. <laughs> like a, yeah. So some sort of ice. Propulsion thing like Sub Zero has or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you Scorpion, throw a spear at somebody, magic? get over here. Yeah, magic yeah. ice. Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. The <laughs> thing that the the thing that this guy has been brought on to, because uh, he's they want to make the suit absolutely. They want to make it the you know the the space suit of the future. And one of the things that they that he discusses putting in it right away. And this is the our lead guy Robert Urich uh, discusses. Mm-hmm. Is he's going to make it so that, that when you put this suit on and you look at something, you can see whether it is human or not and whether mm. it is benign or not. So, like, oh, wow. it'll so tell it you if you're looking. It, sure. Yes. Yeah. There's a moment where he's talking about, and he says it's it, mostly reading auras at this point, and it's oh, amazing. I think that's like an early-level cleric spell. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a magic suit that's uh, heat resistant. Uh, might come in handy later on, uh, you know, in this movie, and uh, and it can see whether someone is human or not, and whether they're evil or not. We meet the guy's secretary who tries to give him a binder with some secret information or something. She soon gets fired and disappears because mm. she tries to do that. Um, they there's a bunch of stuff about the family getting pressured. Oh, we meet the we meet the boss of the company. Which is uh, Kevin McCarthy, McCartney, oh, yeah. McCarthy from Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and yes. yeah, Misfits, and uh, yeah, the it's a good life segment of Twilight Zone. The movie, yeah, yeah, uh huh, and and UHF, right? He's the guy in UHF. Now that's Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> Got it in one, Elliot. <laughs> yeah. If you're uh, thinking about a normal Al, just you know, dial up the weird by at least fifty percent. Well, that's the way I remember when, that when Weird Al was not famous yet, they'd have to introduce him at shows, and they'd go, "Let us prepare you for what you're about to see. We've all known Al's, but what if they were a little weird? Get ready now that you're prepared and you understand the premise of his bit for yeah. Weird." Al, mm-hmm. and they didn't always call him Weird Al Yankovic at the time, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird Al. They're like, normal Al's are always singing the top hits of the day, but what if those Al's who sang top hits were weird? <laughs> the hits would be weird, too. Here they are. A normal weird instrument Al. for an Al to play would be like a guitar <laughs> or a trumpet, right. but this Al's a little weird, uh-huh. and he plays an accordion. Okay, let that rest mm-hmm. in your mind a moment so you're used to it. <laughs> yeah. 
You've already beat it, but what if it was slightly different and we took a letter away? <laughs> <laughs> He's always misunderstanding what songs are about. That's what's weird about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I would love it if it turned out Weird Al was not writing those songs, but he thought he was doing accurate covers. And what's weird about him is yes. his hearing is such that he thinks those are the lyrics <laughs> of the songs. Yeah. Yes. So he's like, I don't get it. People put me in the humor section. I, I, each of these covers is respect is, is with respect and almost totally identical to the original song, including the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I'm also one of the few sec- successful cover musicians in history, and I don't know why that is. <laughs> I don't know why I've had a multi-decade career just covering the top hits of the day, but yeah. hey, guess, man, if it ain't broke, don't I, fix it. I guess it's because I stay current. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he moves with the times, and you love that. You love to see that. I don't. I don't love. sing my Bologna anymore. Not a parody <laughs> song, but my understanding of the actual song that they sang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now so- Amish Paradise is a real reach. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Why? Why is Coolio singing about the Amish? I don't know, but I love it anyway, and I want to show my." My love of it by just making this tribute to him, a totally note-for-note, word-for-word cover that yep. is not different from the original in any way. music video that just, you know, depicts uh. the things that already occurred in his lyrics. I don't even know so why I called, I'm called... So I called up Coolio. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I don't even know why I'm called Weird Al. I should be called Accurate Al. But you were saying Alex. <laughs> so he called up Coolio. He called up. He called up Coolio and he said, "Hey, can I do this?" And Coolio famously said, "Yes, over the phone. Please do it." <laughs> and it turned. Please, and I then love it. Weird Al's friends finally prevail on him to get hearing aids, and he's listening to his back catalog and he's going, "Oh God, oh God, no, 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 no." I've offended so. I have so many apology notes to write, dear Coolio. And I just say, even oh, if it's wow, even, even if it's an apology note, if you're getting to write "Dear Coolio," then you've made it in life. I don't know what yeah, else you yeah, wanted to achieve. True. You might, you're like Alexander crying because there's no more kingdoms left to conquer. Yeah. <laughs> My dearest Coolio, I must take weird pen and weird hand to, to write you this apology. Dear Coolio, the front is terrible. Someday. The Germans have pushed us back. <laughs> Someday these terrible song wars will be over. <laughs> so at some point in all of this, we we meet one of the shitty one of the shittier neighborhood okay. kids okay. comes over, and and that's when we start to get an impression that something is really wrong here. Sure. You know, because the one of the kids comes over and it's not Tom's kids. Uh, it's it's a different kid and he's very like mean. And he's very like aggressive and he loses playing one of uh, the sons. Like mm-hmm. computer games, and he throws the little computer console thing on the ground. It stomps on it because he loses, uh, and that's that's when we get the imp- the impression that there's like some pod people thing mm. type thing going on. I mean, that's just right? the thing kids do, though, right? Is they get mad and they break stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, okay. Maybe it's maybe no, no, I'm, I'm, sure I'm reading too much into I'm, it. Then maybe everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> I'm not faulting you. I'm faulting I'm faulting the film at not understanding that kids break stuff all the time. Sure, I'm, I'm saying invitation to hell, you burnt. Anyway, continue, Alex. <laughs> yeah, so then there's a near accident uh, between the whole family and Susan Lucci in her limousine. Mm-hmm. And, Did she get a new uh, driver or is she driver. driving it herself? Yeah. She has a new driver. Uh, she also has, like, there's some cops that come out and immediately defend her and, like, and hustle Matt away when he tries to get her insurance information oh. and stuff. Um, there's what, a if whole it was weird, the, what if it was the same driver and he's still all melted, but he's like, oh, it's a great job. The benefits <laughs> are really good. I can't leave it. Yeah. 
You know, you got to yeah, allow for mistakes yeah. from the boss every now and then. He's just tugging, I mean, he's tugging on little strings with his few muscles that he has yeah. left. Yeah. I mean, on it one hand, that's, fault. that's a happier ending than like just shots of him in his apartment having lost his job and being all melty yeah. and like not being able to make ends meet. That's, well, but then he's like, oh, maybe that it's time to rethink my career. I, I wasn't enjoying yeah, being a driver no, anyway. Right. I always wanted yeah. to be a teacher. Maybe it's time to get my degree. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. That's, that's, uh, that's better for him, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Then they just roll him into a high school cl- classroom in an aquarium at some point, and, uh, mm-hmm. and he teaches Yep, a back-to-tank. A yep. beautiful story. It's called Dangerous Melts. Since the dawn of time, screenwriters have taken months to craft their stories. But now, three Hollywood professionals shall attempt the impossible. Break a story in one hour. That's right. Here on Story Break, I, Freddie Wong, Matt Arnold, and Will Campos, the creators behind award-winning shows like Video Game High School, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Now, an awesome movie starts with an awesome title. I chose The Billionaire's Marriage Valley. Mine was Christmas Pregnant Paradise. (laughs) Okay, next we need a protagonist. So I've heard Wario best described as libertarian, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, every great movie needs a stellar pitch. In order to to get to heaven, sometimes you gotta raise a little hell. Oh, that's the tagline! <laughs> Check out Story Break every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jordan Morris, creator of the Max Fun scripted sci-fi comedy podcast, Bubble. We just released a special episode of Bubble to celebrate the launch of our new graphic novel. At SF Sketchfest in 2019, we recorded a live show with Allison Becker, Eliza Skinner, Mike Mitchell, Cristela Alonzo, and special guests Gene Gray, Jonathan Colton, Jesse Thorne, Nick Weiger, and a bunch of other cool folks. We suspect he'll show signs of mutation when in a state of excitement. Now, Annie matched with him on Tinder, so she's going to act as the honeypot. I do enjoy being called a honeypot. Hey, you know what's better than honey? Gravy. (gasps) Oh, yeah, can I be the gravy sack? Out now on MaximumFun.org and wherever you get podcasts. And pick up the graphic novel at your local bookstore today. Hi there. The Flophouse is sponsored in part by Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can turn your cool idea into a new website. You can blog or publish content. You can sell products and services of all kinds and much, much more. How does Squarespace help you do that? Well, it gives you beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers. Everything optimized for mobile right out of the box. A new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions, free and secure hosting. You know, if Elliot were here, I'm recording this a little after the show. If Elliot were here, this is where he'd be like, hey, Dan, I got an idea for a website. Can Squarespace help me? And I'd be like, yeah. And he'd be like, oh, it's like, uh, it's called an evite to hell. Uh, If uh, Susan Lucci wants you to go to hell... Uh, and you don't want to uh, go to the post office, um, you can either use stamps.com or you can go, uh, you can uh, use Evite to hell and uh, and see whether you want to go to hell. And, and you can see which of your other friends are going to hell. You know, you always want to check to see if you're going to have friends in hell before you decide whether you're going to go to hell too. But uh, if you're if you're interested in any of this, not my idea, but in Squarespace, Go to squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code flop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
Now back to the show. So, yeah, so we find out Susan Lucci's name is Jessica Jones. Oh, um, that's so Jessica Jones. So it's an MCU she's very, She's apparently okay. very powerful. Yeah. yeah. We meet these shady cops. We find out that she's very powerful. She knows all of the, she knows all of the Winslow family by name. Uh, and she knows a lot about them. And she, she starts to plant the seed that she wants them to join Steaming Springs Country Club. Mm. Uh, the next thing that I think we see is Tom and his family, the only other like normal people that we know in this town, they are standing there in Steaming Springs doing the ritual to join the country club, which is they're standing in front of a big, huge steaming door that has <laughs> rock walls on either side of it, like it's a cave. And there's a ritual where Susan Lucci makes them say things like... Uh, they have to say something like, I forsake, oh, do you forsake all for the club? And they go, yes, we forsake all for the club. They essentially sell their souls to the devil uh, to join this country club. <sighs> and then they step into the doors and all this steam is pouring out and it's clearly very hot in there. And that's what the steaming spring is. It's apparently hell, right? Oh. The titular invitation to hell. Sounds cool to uh, me. Yeah, and then um, so Susan Lucci comes to the comes to Micro Digitech. She wants to talk to Matt again, and she wants to see the top secret suit that he's making, and uh, and the boss um, makes him do it. So he takes her in there, and there's a moment where we see from the point of view of the helmet. He's just got the helmet sitting on the de- on the like a table there, and we see the helmet see her, and the helmet says non-human. Malignant. Oh no! Amazing, right? So uh, Matt comes back to work the next day. Got a new secretary. The secretary's been disposed of, and uh, and Tom has been promoted. So Tom is now at a higher a higher up the company. We meet him. He we meet him again. He seems like weird and off and grumpy for just a second, but then pretty quickly he turns back into his cool self and he tries to convince Matt to. uh, join the country club. So it's like kind of unclear. They don't, they don't become like soulless husks. Uh-huh. You know, there's clearly like some, they're still, they're still themselves to some degree, even though they've been taken over by this, whatever this sure. thing is, right? This evil force. Uh, even though they've fors- force. they forsaken all, there's still like a little bit left. Now we, we find out Tom's wife has a new car, which seems like kind of unnecessary, but it but it does it matters at a certain point later in the film because this is a very smart film. Again, mm. <laughs> uh, the, sh- the Tom's kids come over for a slumber party. We find out that they're shitty now. They're like the other shitty kid. Apparently, it's worse than kids. What what happens to them? Yeah. Um, and the, this is revealed in a very funny scene, great scene, where uh, Robert Urich hears the TV on in the middle of the night during this slumber party. And he comes down the stairs and he sees that someone is watching the kind of footage that you see in like, uh, you know, like in Fifth Element when they're showing her all the uh, all the tragedies of the past or whatever. It's basically mm, sure. just like on the street wartime <laughs> yes. footage. Uh-huh. Something like, really like, traumatizing. We're putting together a montage of like the greatest hits of like lousy things happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I don't even know that it's a montage. It's more just like riot footage okay, or war yeah, footage yeah, yeah. or something like that. I don't know how much it is a montage, but it goes on for a while. And he comes down and he sees just one kid. It's very creepy. Shot well. It's great. It's uh, you know Wes Craven. And he's uh, and this kid is. You see the kid backlit in this chair, just staring at the TV. It's one of Tom's kids. 
and he comes he comes down and he says, you shouldn't be, Robert Urich comes down. He says, you shouldn't be watching this. He turns it off and he turns and the kid has like a big smile on his face. Like he's, like he's watching a war and he's enjoying it or whatever, right? Uh, and he just goes, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so but Matt is freaked out about the club. He doesn't really like the idea of the country club, but his wife really wants to join. The kids really want to join. And we, I think at some point we go to the country club and we see it. There's a lot of beautiful people there mm-hmm. in bikinis and otherwise. Uh, so like parkas? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're wearing, just, they're wearing like, uh, if you opened a book of diff- different outfits, oh, okay. they're wearing like every available outfit. There's two people in a horse country. costume. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, th- at like one you, point you unlocked all the cosmetic upgrades for the game. Yeah. So and you, you just want to use them whatever all. you want. Sure. Yeah, totally. So the boss at one point says the great line, um, or, uh, or no, uh, the, uh, Robert Urich goes to his boss to complain about the fact that his secretary has been fired. And there's a really, another really great, I only bring the scene up because there's two really great lines in it. One is that, uh, the boss goes, she just wasn't company timber. And uh, and Robert Urich does the dramatic thing where he stands up from his chair and turns around, you know, and he goes, "Timber, are we talking about people or trees?" <laughs> and, uh, and then at the end of That's that how you scene, know he cares. That's a great line. <laughs> yeah. That's a genuinely great uh, line. Really, really good. Really good. Uh, so, and then at the end of that scene, uh, the boss Bruce says. Yeah, at the end of that scene, Bruce Springsteen pops in and goes, "Ha!" We can't afford that, Elliot. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I mean, uh, I'll change a little bit of the end so it's more affordable. <laughs> at, at the end of that scene, <laughs> yep. Everybody's got an invitation to hell. Everybody wants an invitation to hell. I don't know the rest of the song. Oh my god! Oh my god! This could be really good. Mm-hmm. That could be really good. We should uh, we should do that and tag it on the end of this episode. Yeah, sure, sure. Just, yeah. Uh, so um, uh, the boss, meaning Kevin McCarthy, uh, sure. he as Bruce he says the line. Yes. <laughs> he says the line. We just want as as uh, Robert Urich's walking out. He says the line. We just want you to be one of us. Uh, one of us. Google gobble. Right? <laughs> um, but he's making a Ramones reference, not a fr- not a Freaks reference. Yeah. Not a Freaks. That's the yeah. thing. He doesn't now, know where it came I, from. He, he only know, yeah, now, he, only, he doesn't he doesn't know the original version of it. That's the sad, <laughs> that's the scary part that that our cultural that our film culture is disappearing so rapidly. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, one thing I forgot to mention at the country club when they go to the country club, uh, Robert Urich while he's on the tour he hears a woman. Uh, screaming in what he thinks is pain or for help. And he goes and he sees the door that Tom and his family oh, walked through earlier. Yeah, yeah. And there's all this like steam billowing out from under the door. It's steamy valley. Mm-hmm. And he puts his hand on the door and he goes, ah, like freaks out because it's hot. Right? <laughs> One, two, three, four. <laughs> Everybody's got an invitation to hell. <laughs> Cause punks like us, baby, we're invited to hell. Do 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 do. Invitations, pow pow, they'll take you to hell. Invitations. <laughs> the thing I neglected to mention is that 
Much like Jonathan Richmond in There's Something About Mary, Bruce Springsteen just pops up I mean, it's yeah. 19- regularly this is with a guitar he's at like, like, what the throughout height, the whole the, movie. I mean, not that he's not that he's fallen. I mean, he's he's the man who brought back yeah. Broadway, but you know, this was this was really at the one of his high peaks. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Invited uh, to <laughs> hell, I was invited <laughs> to hell. That one took. That the melody on that one took me a second. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's, I mean, that, that's I'm gonna blame Bruce Springsteen for that because it is not. It's a catchy song, but it's not a. It's not a natural song, and that's I can't think of too many other Bruce Springsteen songs. So, we're done now. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, so when he touches Everybody's the hot door, getting invited to hell. <laughs> now we're going down and going to hell. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry. Go on. <laughs> 57 channels invitation to hell. 57 channels invitation to hell. I thought of another one. Yeah. (laughs) So the... uh, Susan Lucci catches him trying to open the the, the hot door, aside from obviously being a door to hell. Come on up, invitation. (laughs) Come on up, invitation to hell. Na, 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 na. Anyway, I thought of another one. We went down to hell. <laughs> into hell we dive. Okay, sorry. Stuart is. I think it would be, in, and into hell we were invited. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cram right. that in there, right? Sorry. To hell we were invited. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, th- this door to hell. Ribbed up like these a double deuce doors. and invited to hell. Invited into hell. I've been trying to figure out how to invite Rosalita to hell for like, for like two, Rosalita, ma- two straight minutes. Rosalita, invite you to hell, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, so this door, to, these double doors to hell, the Dumbledores yeah. to hell that are very yeah. hot. <laughs> have a little door to hell. Yeah. Have a little like uh, like you know uh, one of those like. Uh, they have a keypad this gun's that just for sticks higher. up out of the ground. <laughs> He's the been ground. invited down to hell. <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, that's the one. Can't go and to hell without <laughs> an invite. <laughs> uh, and Rob- Robert Urich tries to open the doors to hell by punching the keypad that's there mm-hmm. on its yeah. own little like yeah. sort of podium that sticks up. That's what you would do. And- <laughs> Yeah, hopefully more of the keys. To... <laughs> hopefully more of the keys work than Alex's keyboard. Oh, oh wow! Oh. That's right. It's the Flophouse roast of Alex's keyboard with your <laughs> roast master general, Stuart Wellington. Stuart. I don't know to say that hasn't already been said about his keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've heard of off key but off board (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't uh, press command function with B. Arthur's keyboard (laughs) (laughs) so Susan Lucci catches him trying to open this door he's trying to save a woman that he thinks is probably in like a fire or something yeah. And he says, oh, I thought I, she said, you must be lost. And he says, well, I thought I heard a woman cry out uh, needing help. And she, and Susan Lucci gets super horned up real fast <laughs> and says, you know, people can cry out for other things as well, for pleasure. And, and by the way, this, a country club can be a place of great pleasure. And if you join, I can make this a great pleasurable experience for you. Clearly meaning, you know, 
Yeah. Doors open. Yeah. Um, Unlimited buffet. So <laughs> I've been to not... a country club before. I know what she's getting at. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I get it. Ice cream on your birthday. I understand. <laughs> midnight, sure. midnight buffet. Yeah, I get, I get it. it. Yep. Sure, sure. A free hour at the driving range. I understand. Mm, I understand. <laughs> Water slides. Yeah. Gotcha. A hundred percent. So he's really freaked out by the idea of an all-you-can-eat buffet and uh, <laughs> and, and free hour of golf. He's like, <laughs> and he runs out. He's like, what they don't tell you is you got to reserve the course like three weeks yeah. ahead of time. You can't just stop by and claim your free hour of golf. <laughs> sure, the driving range out. is open, but it's not the same. So he so he runs I can out. Hit balls and... off the roof of my house. I need to pay a membership fee for that. <laughs> Give me the course. Give me the links. Yeah, he he runs out and his wife shows up and says uh, uh, that he um, that he needs to come back because Jessica's invited them all to lunch, and she and and he says I I don't want to do I don't want to do this I don't want to join this place I don't want to be here, uh, and he leaves and she freaks out and uh, is mad at him and then there, it cuts to them at the whole family at home except for him worried that he's not even going to come home, which seems so they didn't even get lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I, they didn't. I guess they didn't go to lunch. I mean, my, I guess the whole family except him went to lunch, and they, you know, they got him some and they put it in like a plastic yeah. container. But it's, yeah. it's just they forgot to put it in the fridge, so it's just it's been a like coleslaw salad must, sandwich just sitting out all day. He's not gonna eat that. That's coleslaw not coleslaw salad sandwich. It's the specialty it's at the country thing. club, Dan. It was wow. invented by one of the members. <laughs> Coleslaw salad sandwich. Coleslaw salads. What we do is we take, uh, we take a, we take a, a pastrami sandwich. Go yep. on. We remove yep. the pastrami. Keep talking. We triple the coleslaw. Uh-huh. The pastrami goes in the garbage. <laughs> we, we add an extra slab of coleslaw. And then what we, we do is we drizzle it with coleslaw, and we put on a coleslaw aioli, which just means See, more the, coleslaw. The, the thing is, you hear coleslaw salad sandwich, you obviously think the coleslaw is in the middle. No, 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 no my no, friend. No, 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 no. The coleslaw is the bread. Yeah, it's yeah, like the double the down but with coleslaw. <laughs> yeah. You put it to, between... Two compressed slabs of coleslaw. <laughs> yes, you gotta yeah. eat. That's what makes it a salad rather than just a sandwich. Yeah, you gotta eat no, it fast. You go too. through a lot of dry ice to freeze the coleslaw <laughs> into bricks, <laughs> but it's worth it. I was thinking they'd be fried into like uh, latkes or something. No, coleslaw comes around here. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, our country club doesn't admit those kinds of people. We have our we, we prefer wow. to to freeze to freeze our coleslaw into slabs. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, so he but he come, so they're all sitting around the table. Bummed out because daddy ran away. Or oh, whatever. but belly's full of coleslaw. And, they they don't. That's not a, that's sure. not something you can yeah. regret. Yeah. It, yeah, they're all they're all obviously working their way through a uh, through coming down from their coleslaw high that yeah. they were on. Mm-hmm. Oh man! And, and then De- and then Robert Urich returns with roses and a bottle of wine, I believe, and and says, "I'm so sorry," and apologizes to the wife and uh, and they are, and and they have another nice night together, and you you get to really uh, you know feel the love in this family once more before. What happens almost immediately after that, which is um, after talking to Susan Lucci one more time, the mother and the two kids decide they're going to join the club anyway mm. without right. Robert Urich. Makes mm. sense. Yeah. So there's a scene. Can they do that? Law. Are they allowed to do that? Shh. 
Well, it's funny you should ask that question because Susan Lucci says, I know there's a rule against people joining the club without their, their, their whole families, mm -hmm. but we're going to make an exception for you because Susan Lucci is smart. She's figured out this is the only way she's going to get Robert Urich on board. Oh, I see. Is if she tr is if she gets the kids and the mom already in they, there. They pull that so, shit at the Park Slope Food Co-op all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer for hire. Spencer not required. That's, <laughs> oh, wow. Whoa, what does she say? say that, Alex? <laughs> Do they say does that? Does she say that? Do they say that? Do they say that? That's not a line is from it the implied? movie. <laughs> <laughs> it better be. It's like a, you better see that glint in her eyes. That means she's thinking it. <laughs> it's an off-screen ad-lib that they added in post. So then... <laughs> Everything goes everything goes crazy at that point, right? Yeah. Like so, the end of society. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly like that. Basically, from that point on, just imagine the end, so of, so the end of society. Uh, but for but for TV, so it's you know it's oh, elbows okay. and stuff, not not asses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I, that's, that's why also, that's also you pitching your g-rated pornography yeah imagine it's just it's elbows not asses you think you think it's something yeah. but it's elbows so it's okay yeah it's all just elbows yeah that's why the yeah. charmin bears are always talking about having fucking toilet paper stuck to their elbows yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like i don't i don't know it's breast craven it seems bears. like it's not the best it doesn't seem like it's the best use of no. your talents no this is where it's all going this is where the market no, is elbow going. angels 47 <laughs> so from this point on everything that happens is pretty clearly a result of the fact that his family is now in hell and they've been uh. replaced with some kind of pod people because the wife is suddenly like i don't know hornier like meat more mean-spirited yeah. the uh the dog they have a dog named albert uh the dog cool. he comes home after the family has gone has joined the country club and gone through the door oh by the way when they join the country club the little daughter the youngest one freaks out at the last minute and decides she doesn't want to but susan lucci grabs her and forces her to go oh. through the doors mm. uh very sad now, the, um, uh, oh, and every time a family goes through the doors, the doors close, and then there's a security guard that walks up and, like, stands with his back to the door <laughs> while it's happening. <laughs> so, security I guess, guard to hell. Yeah, he's <laughs> like the, the bouncer. one minimum wage guy they got. <laughs> yeah. Hell has a bouncer, apparently. Is, uh, People are just dying to get in, except they're not. Nobody wants to go there usually, right? No. He's wearing yeah. a Wilson's leather jacket. <laughs> that should be a Bruce Springsteen song. Hell has a bouncer. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so, uh, and Elliot, you, you want to sing that, that for a, a minute? There's a bouncer to hell. <laughs> there's a bouncer at the doorway to hell. <laughs> Better hope your name is on his clipboard. <laughs> or else you'll be escorted out by the monster hell. Oh no! But that would be better than going to hell. So yeah. I guess you don't want to be on the list of hell. He he realizes midway through the chorus. He's like, he oh wait, the premise of the song. <laughs> oh wait, hold on. You actually don't want to be on the bouncer to hell's list. <laughs> uh, so the the so here's, here's sort hell. of what do 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 hill. Pass you by, bouncer to hell. <laughs> if you're lucky, I guess. Bouncer to hell. Bouncer to hell. Yep. Have I ever heard so of the Bruce Springsteen uh, song? Possibly not. I don't, I don't know. Punks <laughs> like us. Say. Baby, we're the bouncers to hell. <laughs> do, 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 do. 
At night we stand by doors of fire. I think we have gone through the same like six hell. Bruce Springsteen songs twice now. <laughs> <laughs> Rosalita bouncer to hell. <laughs> Finally, we got it in. Yeah, there we go. Great, That's the it worked. All right, give us so our Peabodies. <laughs> so as you can our probably imagine, Mr. Peabody from <laughs> Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> As you could probably imagine, at this point, the wife is now wearing darker clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in the middle of remodeling the home to make it more to update it, make it more modern. Suddenly, she's decided on much moodier colors for the walls. It's like a dark blue. Mm-hmm. There's very jagged modern furniture. She kind of Beetlejuices the house, yeah. where it's like now it's scary and modern instead yeah. of being homey. She gets rid of the old upright piano she used to play sweet songs on, and now there's a black grand piano that she's playing, I don't know, like Liszt or something on it. You know, it's yeah. really She's just like, playing the, the keyboard part from that Linkin Park song. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's in there just tearing up some fiery, uh, you know, fiery list. And, it, uh, and the guy comes in, the dad comes in, and he, he sees his wife again, and he starts to suspect something is wrong. Uh, I don't think he... I don't think there's too much weird that happens with the kids at this point. Mostly he's just worried about the wife because what she does is she banishes the dog to outside and won't let the dog come in because the dog is barking at them because they're all demon people or whatever. Um, and then when he goes to work, she takes the dog to the only vet in town who is apparently not a vet. Like He's, he's apparently not in the community. that be- He's not the vet that belongs to the country club because he's a normal guy. and he's Yeah, he's not uh, a monster. He's not a monster. She asks him to just kill the dog. And she says, I would like to be there for it. And he does, he says, I lied to her. I told her I don't do that, which seems really weird as a vet that you wouldn't give the person the option to be there yeah. when you put down I the dog. I would do anything with dogs, <laughs> okay, but I won't no. do that. Or stretching out into the other <laughs> no. singers. I don't know about this. <laughs> I mean, with Meatloaf, the invitation to hell. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's right are, there. Oh, right there. Like yeah. an invitation to hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That really, that would be a great Meatloaf album name, yeah. Invitation to Hell. Can I sleep on it and maybe go to hell like, in the morning? <laughs> it's another Meatloaf song. Invitation to Hell, like, part two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> RSVP. So the, oh, um. Did I ever tell you guys that Charlene went and saw the Bad Out of Hell musical? No. <laughs> oh, wow. She went with a friend. Was it good? Well, uh, she said it was simultaneously the best and worst musical she's ever seen. She'll okay. be mad at me for telling this story on there because she probably wants to tell it. But she did say that uh, before the end of the, uh, before the intermission, like half the audience had already left. Oh, that's <laughs> sad to hear. But oh, it wow. was still super fun. That's uh, I went to one of those Zappa plays Zappa concerts and uh, and I went with my family and my family decided to leave after about four songs mm-hmm. and uh, and I think the audience was pretty much leaving throughout the whole thing because yeah. it was like it was very deep it was very deep Zappa nothing against that but it was like it was not a like general admission crowd he wasn't playing show. the hits the hits of Zappa yeah there are some. I mean, there's some stuff that would that would keep a keep a crowd. I, going, I think. Uh, Yakov Shmirnov was trying out a Broadway show. I don't think he even made it. Like, but like he had like a couple of, and I got some sort of, uh, you know, like I got like free tickets to the preview or whatever. What? Yeah. And I had a good time. Like, you know, I went. I, you know, I went. 
Really? Ironically, <laughs> I would say. I don't want to like you know like paint myself as too much of. Why is this the jerk. first I'm hearing of this? Day? You, were, like, you were a younger I, man. You were a younger man. I was a younger you're man. A I went. Yeah, I was a, a callow man. I enjoyed the first act of it just fine. I'm like, okay, that's enough Yakov Shmurnov for me. Thank sure. you very much. I left it in intermission. Oh, it was fine. Dan. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You know, he'd been trying it out in Branson for a while. Didn't quite make it to the great white way, but, uh, you know, Yakov, you did a great first act. Keep swinging for the fences, buddy. Yeah. That's what Dan says. But not a great enough well, first act that you were like, I want to stay for the second act. No, I had other things to do, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> Another man may not have come to any of the acts. I guess so. that's true. I mean, most men did not come to, billions <laughs> yeah. of them didn't go to either of the acts. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't um, so swing the, a dead cat in this on this world without <laughs> hitting someone who's never seen Yakov Smirnov live. Why are you doing that? <laughs> the cat likes it. Well, yeah. What? <laughs> the are you a necromancer? Yeah. It was the cat. It was the cat's last wishes. It was to be swung. <laughs> to be swung around. Yeah. <laughs> to be used as a unit of measurement. I get the it. Cat said, yeah. The cat said, yeah. "When I die, swing me around like one of your French girls." And I said, "Okay, if that's if that's what you want." A lot of ghosts in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I should mention the the vet that I, the aforementioned vet is is Bill Irwin, the guy from the guy from all of the old uh, man John Bill Hughes's Irwin, E R W I N, not not Bill Irwin yeah. of of yeah. Full Moon and things like that. Yeah, not famed clown. Not not FX's Legion's Bill Irwin. Not the yeah. guy I I saw at the Irish Repertory Center talking about uh, Waiting for Godot. What? Yeah, I wanted to see that show when it came to L A. and I and missed it. It was but, fun. It was fun. I, I've seen him perform with with uh, David Shiner a couple times. Great shows. Uh, enough name dropping. Back to the show. Uh, so the and I, I I should mention as a as a bit of I think very good and efficient storytelling. The vet guy's wife is his former secretary who disappeared. Oh. So while he's dealing with the vet guy and talking about his his dog, he's also finding out that. One that she got fired. Uh, two that she was like snooping around to try to find out about um, her nephew or something who had disappeared. And three that she died in a car accident and the car burnt up. And there's no evidence of any of what happened to her. All right, so um, so the dog so the dog is is out of the picture for the family, but safe at this vet who's in on its uh, uh, house somewhere, right? Okay, so uh, there's there's another sex scene between Matt and Pat Winslow. And uh, she, this time, scratches his back up because, Uh-oh. again, she's, uh, she's a, a, a devil person now. And, uh, <clears throat> and he, there's a great scene where he looks in the mirror and he's like, what's going on? And he, he, looks, he looks at the scratches <laughs> on his back and he's like, this has never happened before. The way you uh, said it made it sound like he liked it, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, sounds- what is oh, going he- on? What's hey, going on? Yeah, I like this. I, I think it's a little too much for him. I think it's yeah. clearly a little too much for him. He gets this is in the a bed. little too much for me. <laughs> he <laughs> says it like that. Yeah. 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 He's like complaining about it uh, to his therapist later on, and he still sounds turned on. He just can't help it. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, I need your help to process this. <laughs> yeah. Well, why, so the way you say down. it makes it sound like you actually enjoyed it. No. <laughs> 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 The opposite of Dave Foley's sarcastic guy character yeah. on Kids in the Hall. Uh, 
So he sits down on the bed, and she, as soon as they're done, she passes out, and she sleeps hard, which is really weird, because you don't normally think, like, a damned person is good. It's like the sleep of the damned, I guess. Oh, but she's just, like, uh, it's like Dana out. from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah, okay, it could be something like that. So, uh, so he turns to a huge portrait of her that he has on his bedside table <laughs> that looks like it was taken the same day, and he goes, he says... Did you join the club? And it cuts, it like shows her face and her eyes spring open and she's like, she's been found out. Uh-oh. She joined the club. Um, all right. So in, in, I'll, I'll get, I'll just sort of, uh, this is, this is, sorry, gone very long. So I'll, I'll get through the, the end of, the end of basically what happens is he gets found out to be very, to be very skeptical. Uh, he, he's snooping around at the country club. Uh, he fights the guard, the bouncer to hell. He fights oh, that wow. guy, kills him. What? Uh, electrocutes him. Electrocutes him. So not a very good bouncer. Not a good bouncer at all. Uh, or then is it he like runs the Santa Claus where they're like, "Now you're the bouncer to hell." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be great. Again. <laughs> that would be great if that's how the movie ended. Is he's now the ba- he's now the ba- he slowly just becomes like a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Urich's uh, now the bouncer to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so so now Bouncer's he runs back. Now the bouncer to hell. <laughs> So now he runs back to the house, and this is like this is kind of funny at this point. How many times he's gone from club to house to club to house? Uh, but he goes, he runs back to his house. There's a very uh, sort of funny scene where he has to fight his whole. Fa- it's the classic dad has to fight his whole family because they're it. all possessed. Yeah, it's called yeah. bedtime. And he throws his. Whoa. He throws his. No <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> America's newest dad humorist, <laughs> the top dad humorist, Elliot Kaylee. Have you ever mm-hmm. noticed how there are funny things about being a dad that really only dads want to hear about? Let me uh-huh. tell you about them. Yeah, uh, it's he, like, what's up with this hop on pop bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to flip this script on you. <laughs> time for pop on hop. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> this time pop's doing the hopping. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> That's just when you've when you've had a nice IPA. Is your pop on hop at that point? Yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel uh, like I feel like that's uh, Dr. Seuss with the publisher when they're trying to create a like DSCU, a Dr. Seuss Cinematic Universe. And they're like hop on pop two. We reverse it now. Pop's doing the hopping. Cat in the hat. What if the hat was inside the cat? Wait, I don't. Know. <laughs> this isn't. We gotta find new. We gotta find new angles Fox on these old in characters. Socks. What if the socks filled out? Inside the fox. What? I don't even know what mm-hmm. that sentence didn't even make sense. It doesn't sense. make sense. Sam I am's got amnesia. Now the other guy's gotta teach him how to like green eggs and ham. You're just mm-hmm. taking the original ones and reversing them slightly. This time uh, the book battles the butter. This is uh <laughs> it, these these studio guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. No. They don't know which order words are supposed and to be. And to think in. that Mulberry Street saw it on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> The zoo. So, I ran. If I. <laughs> okay, now you're just you're just taking the <laughs> literally just the words and shuffling them a little bit. So he throws. Now his, we tell it throws... from the Ublex point of view. <laughs> <laughs> so he throws his son and his daughter in a closet. Uh, his wife comes at him with like a golf club or something, and he knocks her down, and she just passes out immediately. Again, the sleep of the damned. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to the uh, he goes to Microdigitech. He gets his spacesuit. Smart, right? Uh, he gets his spacesuit. Well, he did stay in a Holiday Inn Express last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom comes in with a gun and says, "You're. We've figured out that you're not one of us. 
You're a loser. We, and I'm we put, shoot you we in put the, head. the We put the context clues together when you beat up uh-huh. your possessed family and killed our bouncer. Yeah. Yeah. You're a creep. It's like You're every episode of what Undercover the hell are you Boss. Doing here? <laughs> and then and and so by this time, uh, Matt Winslow has the suit on, and he he uses the laser gun to shoot Tom, <laughs> blast him yeah. out of the room, and uh, and then he puts the he puts the helmet on. He gets Tom's car. Remember, we found out Tom had a new car, so we know this is his car. Yeah. He gets in Tom's car. He drives to the country club. Now he gets to say that he's Tom. In his Halloween costume, which is the spacesuit, whoa! And he goes into the mm-hmm. Halloween party, mm-hmm. where all the where all the higher ups, everybody who's everybody in in this uh, in Silicon Valley, is and at they're this all Halloween lined party. up for one laser blast. The the guy well, who's in the conga. back, of, it's a conga line, so you can just shoot straight through mm, them. Yeah, so easy. The guy who is uh, the guy who was in the back seat of Tom's car earlier in the film is dressed. His Halloween costume uh, is a Nazi. Uh, uh, Halloween costume on the nose, a bit on the, the nose. Yeah, a little, little on the nose. So he has long conversation with him about why he's wearing the 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 um, the spacesuit, and then he looks around the room and there's no humans to be found. You see through his helmet, you see it's all oh. non-humans. Uh, mm. um, and are they know, evil or evil not? Or not evil. Evil. They're all oh, evil. No. Um, are they Knievel or not Knievel? Good question. <laughs> it does not say how many of them are Knievel. He, they don't have that technology yet. Uh, That's so then from he, Mark II so of the suit. Yeah. <laughs> so then he runs down the stairs to go to the door to hell. And he is about, he's trying to open it. His first guess at the code for the doors of hell, what do you think it was? 666. Six, six, six. Six. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. He hits 666. Six, six. He mashes 666 six, six with his big astronaut hand first thing. <laughs> and then Luckily, still, they sprung still... for the extra large buttons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then he's like, he's still doing that. And Susan Lucci comes down and she's wearing like, uh, I, I don't know, she's wearing like some kind of crazy witch's outfit that's bright red. She looks Yeah, it's the keypad that Tom Selleck sells to old people for their doors to hell. <laughs> <laughs> it just said there's just three six buttons a yes, a no, and operator. And that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it's the cricket wireless uh, key. Yeah. No, not cricket. Uh, what's the, the jitterbug? One? J- uh, jitterbug. Jitterbug, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So Susan Lucci comes down. She co- she's coming through the door to attack him, and he uses the uh, the the only time the flamethrower I believe is used is right now, and all it is is to create a great entrance for Susan Lucci because he just sets fire to the hallway and she just walks through it easily. It's awesome. It Worth looks amazing. It. Worth it. Uh, he gets the door open. He runs through. She confronts him. In uh, you walk into he walks into hell. It's very clear. It's like far side hell right away. It's uh-huh. all stalactites and like uh caverns and flames and stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. and like people going oh in the distance and stuff like that but then <laughs> better he gets than to this if they're cl- going oh up close i mean that's not fun <laughs> and it's, you know far side hell it's filled with cows so many cows yeah. standing up cows those nerdy kids other. yeah sure yeah mm-hmm. cavemen yeah, yeah that people that yeah. kid people, with a crew cut like with a striped shirt <laughs> yeah and yeah glasses Farside hell is so unfair because it's just anybody who screwed up in the most absurd way just goes to hell. But well, a lot the, uh, of people are there. They're like, I don't understand the torture. Like, I don't, I don't explain the torture to me because I don't, I'm not getting it here in yeah, Farside. Hell. You're like, oh, if we explain the torture, we'd ruin the torture. I, explain what's tormenting about this. I can't. No, yeah, if I explain it, you're, it's gonna, not going to be good. It's going to. All their it. all their clothes are kind of fucked up. It's like. That's not that big a deal, man. Like, <laughs> sometimes really nice clothes can be hell too, you know, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like having yeah. to wear a suit every day to work. <laughs> yeah. 
My uh, my Dan favorite far side, my favorite far side cartoon is a hell one, and it's the one where it's two guys sitting on a bench in hell, and the one leans over to the other guy and he goes, "I hate this place." <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a great, such a great single panel. Really, really good. Okay, so uh, he's standing on a cliff's edge. In hell. And Susan Lucci oh, comes rest up Rest in peace, the Los Angeles area restaurant Cliff said, which I was a big fan of, which closed last year. Yeah. yeah so. I'm sorry. I, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah. I, hate a, I hate a good restaurant going under. Yeah. So um, he looks down and he sees Well, just like, thanks for bringing it up. Just of, thanks for reminding me. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry. I appreciate he it. Sees a, he sees a portal. Uh, am I fired, Elliot? <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean, not... not fi- you, uh, the, we'll, you, could we'll, fire, you could fire me I'm, at this I'm, point. We are wanted. firing you, but only because you handed that binder or tried to hand that binder to Robert Urich, which was not, you're not one of our people, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so, the, so he looks down and he sees, like, some kind of uh, a portal or porthole, famously, on, on this show. <laughs> but the, oh, uh, that's a deep cut. That's a Zappa-on-Zappa-level yeah, Zappa cut. <laughs> I did my research for this job, guys. So he looks down... He sees that he could go. He could go into the neighborhood if he jumps down this cliff, but it's very far. And Susan Lucci tells him he's gonna die if he tries to do it. He doesn't mm-hmm. believe her. Uh, he yeah, start yeah. at this point. It's a and bunch again, of people. I have the high ground. Things. I get it. <laughs> he he realizes everything she says is a lie. So he jumps. There's a great. But and everything this is clearly the other done. Susan Lucci says is true, but he doesn't know which <laughs> <Yeah>. is which. <laughs> right. Uh, so there's a great. This is obviously just for a commercial break because he jumps and he goes ah, and then it fades to black. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying in a regular movie they wouldn't normally fade out of a climactic scene. <laughs> they would pace that differently yeah, in a regular a movie, point. but it's very clearly <laughs> like out. Uh, three years later. <laughs> yeah. So then he co- he comes to at the bottom of the cliff in a negative ver- like the negative uh, you know every like the film negative? is negative okay. photo negative version of his neighborhood. He runs into his house. He has a, a a bunch of exchanges with Susan Lucci where she sort of talks to him about how he 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 decides to take his helmet off. She tells him not to. He does it anyway. He takes his gloves off. He takes his suit off so that he can embrace his. His wife, who is sitting at the piano, and she's unable to get outside of this like blue haze or whatever. He runs over to her. He gives her a hug. Uh, he takes this. He takes all these leaps of faith, and then eventually the whole family is brought together. Susan Lucci freaks out when they all figure out that she has no power over them, kind of an elaborate sense, and she gets sucked back through this like big black hole thing. And then they wake up. All of a sudden, now they're in their regular house. It's been redecorated back to the way it was before. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's and, like, this uh, is my beautiful house. This is my yes. beautiful wife. I know how I Precisely. got here. Yeah. Precisely. And then he steps outside, and there's a pretty obviously uh, juxtaposed like uh, special effect of smoke rising from the country club over the hill from their front yard. And that's the end of the movie. Is that the <laughs> awesome. country club? Country Club burns down. Wow, he really uh, scoured the Shire on this one. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Where's Sharky and Worm? <laughs> and I don't know. They don't. They the thing that they don't tell you that bothers me later. Uh, finding this out later is so many things are back to normal at the end, but you don't find out is is Tom still in hell? Is he on the floor dead at Micro Digitech? Uh, what what happened to the other consequences of this? Is yeah. Grace the secretary? Is she back to life? Yeah. Uh, the limo you know, there's driver. All, there's all kinds of. Good Let's, question. Yeah, there's, there's a, a limo driver. Did he ever uh, get his teaching degree? I mean, all they had to do was wish to be back together as a family, and they're back to normal. Yeah. So it, I would hope that everybody else is back to normal as well. But everybody the movie else doesn't seem to want to tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the movie. What What do you guys think? Okay. Are you sad you missed it? 
Are you glad you missed it? Or I had to not miss it. Are, now, are if, we, if, we, if it? we have to not miss it and we want to watch it, how does one watch this movie, Alex? It's on YouTube. Uh, it's on, on YouTube. YouTube. Whole thing. Okay. Uh, uh, Dan, you go first. I, well, I will say that I literally uh, sort of two-thirds of the way through this uh, went onto my letterbox and added Invitation to Hell <laughs> to my watch list. Cool. So that's a had to not miss it. I It both sounds really funny and it sounds like it might have that quality that like a dumb horror thing sometimes has where the ineptness of the plotting kind of makes it creepier like it 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 evokes like a dream you might have where you know it doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense but it it's all the more disquieting because of kind of the uh, the nonsense of it all mm-hmm. sure uh, so i'm yeah. sort of curious think, to see it i think i think that's true i think it's very much a product of its time and it's satisfying to me in that way that like it feels like feels like all the conventions of the day is what they're trying to hit those boxes they're trying to check and i like all of those boxes mostly so yeah i feel like this is definitely uh either it's it's either a sad we miss it or a had to not miss it so yeah. uh, maybe i'm gonna Head over to YouTube and look up Bruce Springsteen. What's the name in, of the movie? Yeah, Bruce Springsteen. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I think I will. I'm sad I missed it. I don't know if I'm gonna had to not miss it necessarily, hmm. if only because I have limited time in my in my day. <laughs> but if the, and if you don't want to mess up the uh, YouTube algorithm in your home. Yeah, I have a YouTube <laughs> algorithm. I don't want the YouTube. I want the YouTube algorithm to continue to just just feed me unboxing videos and uh, Q and on anti vaccination videos. That's really what mm-hmm. I'm on right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, but it sounds but it sounds like a blast. Thank you, Alex, so much for telling us about it. I feel like I lived it through you. Uh, and someday maybe I'll, I'll I'll maybe someday I'll accept that invitation to hell. So, I did end up telling you guys literally everything. That, that uh, yeah, to, I mean, so. I mean, you left very little to, so to the to uh, to the imagination. So, so in yep. addition to uh, being a producer for our show, yeah, is there anything you would like to plug, Alex? Oh, of course, I have a radio a weekly radio show that you can check out called Big Howl and Possum. Uh, again, as my other moniker, Big Howl or Howl Dotty. I do a lot of music and comedy under the name of. Howl Dotty. You can follow my Twitter account, which is at Howl Dotty, H-O-W-E-L-L-D-A-W-D-Y. I'm realizing right now that I forgot to say when my radio show is. Uh, it's 10 p.m. Eastern time on uh, 91.9 WFPK Louisville, Kentucky, which you can listen to anywhere in the world at WFPK.org. There's back, ish- back episodes of it on Mixcloud.com as well. Big Howl and Possum Radio Hour. I have a Twitch stream called Big Howl and Possum. Uh, and then I have a, uh, I have a weekly podcast with a, with Patreon bonus episodes that is called Hal Dottie's Fast Track, where me and a guest write a brand new song in one half of one hour. Wow. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it, and it's, um, it's been going for a little while. I've we did got, a, got, uh, we did a sad country song about going to the movies, right? Stuart was on it uh, quite a few weeks ago, and then uh, and then I, I just recorded an episode with Charlene, uh, oh, Stuart's yeah. lovely wife, mm-hmm. uh, that will be out next week. This week's show is with uh, um, is with uh, Brian Quinby of uh, Street Fight Radio, and uh, let's see the um, 
there's uh, anyway, there's a just basically uh, I have I have guests on mostly comedians and podcasters, sometimes musicians, and we talk through writing a song, and then the song is at the end of the episode. Um, so that's called Hal Dottie's Fast Track. Look for that anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm on Instagram as Hal Dottie. Uh, Facebook as Hal Dottie. So uh, just look for uh, in my uh, comedy as an entertainer, I am known as Hal Dottie. As a podcast producer, I am known as Alex Smith, my real name. Uh, the fact that there's no difference between those two personalities, mm-hmm. is, uh, I'll, just, I'll just say is not my problem. <laughs> and... Uh, I also produce uh, Charlene's podcast, yeah, yeah. Uh, I Know the Owner, which you should check out. It also has a theme uh, song written by me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, uh, oh, I think I think that's it. I think that's, that's I guess, plenty, but yeah. Uh, we're, uh, we're on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. There's plenty of other great shows on there. Please check it out if you'd like. If you like this show and you want to s- listen to more of it for some reason, uh, you can always support us over at MaximumFun.org slash join. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I leaving anything out, boys? Uh, we want to thank our editor, Alex, who's here in front of us. Yep. That's him. Yeah. Uh, and we want to thank you, you're the very, listeners. You're very welcome. I'll say you're welcome instead of huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, and thank you, listeners, for putting up with our nonsense. Uh, I've been Stuart Wellington. I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Elliot Impeccable Bruce Springsteen Impression Kalen. And I am Alex Howell Dottie Smith. Bye.